the dough and five O's coming up. Yeah, they gon' talk about Florida, cause it sucks. Yeah, they gon' talk about politics, news, and stuff. Yeah, they gon' talk about cause it's funny. So what? Yeah, they gon' talk about it. what happened. Seems like I might have lost my place. Well, if you're just now tuning in, the show hasn't started yet. Congratulations, you made it. So let's give it up for the Doe and 5 The Doe and 5 coming up. Yeah, they will talk about Florida. Yeah, they gon' talk about politics, news, and stuff. Yeah, they gon' talk about cousins, money, so what? Yeah, they gon' talk about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another glorious week here at the Doe and Five O Show. Man, it seems like we just did this. We, we did. Not a whole lot of news stories. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we've got we could make some up. we got a few news stories. we got a handful out of Florida and a couple uh, political garbage ones. I don't remember if I found any good news or not this week. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't There's remember. good news every day. Hmm. It's just hard to find on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all around us. It is all around us. I have good news right now. You want to hear it? Sure. I was just looking at these notes that I scribble down every week, and, and they don't make any sense at all. But I'd like to share them. Alligator shotgun Bud Light. <laughs> uh... You're a lazy, weenie, sweating. I wrote bitch. I have no idea why I have bitch on there. He was talking to me. (laughs) Rumpy, pumpy, don't fart naked. (laughs) Tushy, wedgie. See, there's some good news for you. I have no idea why I wrote any of that stuff. Okay, let's dive into the first news headline (laughs) for the day. Uh, that's just some of his glorious note taking. It's, it's unbelievable that you weren't like the valedictorian in your class. I, I mean, can't believe it those, either. With those note taking skills, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> There's like probably one word from every story you've ever read I've written down. <laughs> <Probably. laughs> naked, naked, naked. Florida <laughs> alligator <naked>. pants. <laughs> <sighs> okay, only in LA, Joe, a driver manages to stop for gasoline during a police pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen here? Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, as far as... <laughs> you think he got out? Time out. Time out. Time out. Uh, as far as police chases go, uh, Southern California has seen it all, but Tuesday's police pursuit may have provided something new, even for the world capital of police chases. While on the run from authorities, a driver pulled into a gas station, paid for some <laughs> gasoline, filled up, and then drove off to continue his getaway. <laughs> News Chopper 4 was over the chase around 5 p.m. in the, uh, <laughs> the Los Angeles area. The chopper had stop and hover <laughs> over the gas station. <laughs> Did he come out with a couple candy bars? Let's see. Uh, the driver he stopped and went to the – he had to get the key to go to the bathroom. Yeah, probably. One of those big cinder blocks. <laughs> uh, the driver was wanted for a theft at a local Home Depot, according to the Glendora Police Department. The driver moved into the city of industry around 5.05 p.m. The car appeared to have a missing bumper and some serious damage to the front end but it was not clear if that damage was sustained during the pursuit. The pursuit took an odd turn when the driver stopped at a gas station and interacted with the driver of a white truck, <laughs> seeming to toss something into the back of the white truck and possibly grabbing something from the customer. 
Moments later, in the city, city of El Monte, the driver took advantage of the lack of patrol vehicles following him by pulling into a gas station, running inside, and managing to fill up on some fuel before racing away again. But he paid for it. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, after traveling through several cities, the driver jumped onto the, the, the 10 freeway westbound in West Covina. The driver made his way into East L.A., where he once again continued to perform dangerous, evasive maneuvers on the roads. At around 6.15 p.m., the driver got on the 60 freeway westbound in the Monterey Park area, east of downtown Los Angeles. About 10 minutes later, the driver pulled into a parking garage near the intersection of Palmetto Street and Molino. It was not immediately clear if the police were ever, 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 blah, blah, ever able to find him. Well, how did Even they the know chopper lost sight of the guy. Well, they know exactly <laughs> where he went and what time, and they lost him? <laughs> they got into East L.A., and the cops went, Yeah. <laughs> just good I'm enough. <laughs> See you later. He's got his own problems. <laughs> <laughs> See that piece of shit he was driving? Yeah. Nah, just let him have it. What did he do? Why were they chasing him again? I never did say why they were chasing him. <laughs> Crack news reporting there. Uh, a couple accidentally given a $1,500 bottle of wine after holding a $13 bottle of wine. Yeah, I, You know, I, would you be able to tell the difference? Uh, I, I don't know anything about wine at all. You know, Sarah and I, we went to, uh, we took the kids to Tennessee for their fall break a few weeks ago. And um, I have never really been a wine guy. I mean, the only wine I ever really knew was, you know, you and I both grew up Catholic, so... Obviously during Morgan communion. David. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was is all I knew, right? Concord I mean, wine. They get you drunk at a nice young age in the Catholic <laughs> Church. But. MD 2020 <laughs> is communion wine. It really is. And once you've puked on it a couple of times, yeah. do you like some wine at communion? That's uh, okay. Thanks anyway. <laughs> you know, you see a bunch of six, seven, eight-year-old kids with the hiccups after going to Mass, you know why. So, a mad dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was all, always backwashed, too, because yeah. did you guys drink from the same crucible? Mm-hmm. So we same drank chalice. for the Yeah. So we're drinking it and they, and they would wipe <laughs> they would wipe <laughs> your lip off the outside of the of the chalice yeah but but they didn't care about all the backwash going back in you know what always grossed me was at the uh you know at the end of communion whenever there was wine left the, the, the priest, the priest would, drank it he'd dump it all into one chalice and just down that sucker and <laughs> i didn't think much about it as a kid but i'm thinking about it now as an adult and i'm thinking that's super disgusting because <laughs> you know you get the wine after you get the communion right so you right. know that there's flakes of whatever yes that, that communion <laughs> right communion wafer in there <laughs> yeah. and think about this you know sometimes you go to a mat now I, I don't know but with our church we had two masses on saturday and three on sunday mm-hmm. but there's always that one that wasn't real busy i think right. 7 30 on saturday you ever think that the that the priest poured really full chalices for everybody (laughs) (laughs) so he could get tanked after the service was over (laughs) the catholics like to drink okay it's it's a well-known fact uh anyway this young couple hit the absolute jackpot when they were accidentally given a bottle of what they thought was the house wine which actually turned out to be i'm sorry two thousand dollars uh a two thousand dollar bottle again i would have no idea the difference between a I box of wine and a bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, anyway, I got sidetracked there. We went to Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, anyway, we uh, Sarah, like when, early in our stay, she went to a, I don't, I don't know if, even know if you want to call it a winery. They sold wine. It's, okay. it's manufactured down there. 7-Eleven? Yeah. Well, it was, down, it was in downtown Gatlinburg with all the other stuff, right? Okay. So, uh, but that's all it was was wine. It was It's made down there in that area. Um, and she went into one of these stores. They have several of them down there on the strip. It's all the same, I guess, but they've, they've got them all over the place. And uh, she went in there with a friend one of the first days we were down there, and she came out with a bottle of wine, which surprised me because she's not a really a big drinker either, especially with wine. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you got to try this. you got to trust it. It was cotton candy wine. I was like, hmm. 
And again, I'm not a big wine guy, you know, but um, anyway, we later in the week, uh, I'd forgotten that uh, somebody I work with wanted me to try and get a local wine from down there. Didn't care what it was. Uh, he just collects wine from different places or whatever. So I was like, well, since uh, Sarah said that was good, I, I sent him a text and said, hey, you interested in this? It's like a dessert wine, I guess, whatever that is. Sweet wine. He said, yeah, give me a bottle of that. So anyway, we go back to one of these stores and uh, they did a taste testing thing. I think I told you we did the moonshine taste testing while we were down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they offered a taste testing for the wine too. Holy cow, man. Smooth as a baby's behind, the, these wines. Uh, there's absolutely zero bitterness to it whatsoever. Um, See, I like dry. I like and, real dry. Uh, and, um, but it was really good. So we got a couple bottles. We got a cotton candy one and a, my favorite one was, <laughs> sounds really stupid. It was a birthday cake. And, oh my goodness. They're good. Super I, good. I saw pictures when you were down there and you were hugging something and I thought, and you were smiling and I went, what's that on Lee's face? <laughs> and someone said, you don't I see think that that's a often. smile. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, oh, he's not in uniform and he's not it. here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was after taste testing uh, two different moonshine places and having nothing to eat prior. (laughs) And and then a bottle of birthday cake wine. So uh, we ended up going to a Jimmy Buffett restaurant. was what you saw me in that picture where I was hugging that big beer bottle on the outside of the the building. (laughs) Their food was really good, I think. Well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, anyway, uh, the New York restaurant lander, uh, owner, London-born Keith McNally, revealed that a, that a manager at his Manhattan uh, place— But you, it was a New York place? Yeah. And, and right away you said launderer right yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they gave a, an expensive bottle of wine to a young couple who had ordered a bottle of—I don't know, I'll butcher that—Pinot Noir. I don't even know how you say it. Okay. Pinot Noir. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, a group of Wall Street businessmen thought they were drinking the Chateau blah, 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 and were none the wiser. Uh, posting on Instagram, they explained, one night, uh, four Wall Street businessmen ordered the restaurant's most expensive red wine, 2,000 bottle of uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one of the two managers transferred the blah, 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 blah into a decanter and a, at a waiter station. Uh, more or less, this waiter ended up, the, 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 the labels are similar. The waiter grabbed the wrong one. And Instead I bet of a twenty dollar bottle of wine, they got a two thousand dollar bottle. And I bet wine. those rich businessmen got that cheap one and didn't have a clue that it was a cheap one. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they said they didn't know when they were tasting it. Of uh, course, it goes on in the article. Yeah, you can't tell. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's I wouldn't know the difference for sure. There's one, you know, and and people make a big deal about the about the price and where the the grapes were grown and stuff. I like it or I don't like it. It's just not that hard. You know, and again, I, to me, it's very strange because I mean, wines are made from from grapes, right? R- right. And or cherries or fruit. They're how made from how fruit. To me, that's it, it's kind of gross in my mind because obviously fruit goes bad. How does wine stay good for decades and decades and decades? Well, it doesn't. It'll turn to vinegar. That's why you have. But to they keep have it like the aged, dark. They have aged bottles of wine that people are like. Well, this is a 1940 whatever. Right. You got to. It's got to. If it's court properly and it's in the dark and there's a lot of little things that has have to be done. Otherwise, it'll turn to vinegar. I know people that I people that I have known that have had a wine collection. They've always had them in a in a basement in a mm-hmm. kind of a dark, cooler area. That's what I I but have I have some. I don't even drink anymore, but I have some wines that I really enjoyed, and I have them in a cooler in the dark, on the side, <laughs> and and I don't know if they're any good anymore anyway. But they're, <laughs> gosh, I bet they're over thirty years old now. Wow. That could be a, that could be our next uh, taste testing challenge, huh? We, somebody, uh, I'll have to look at it. At some, one of our, uh, I think it was the same one that dared us to do that smelly fish challenge oh uh she found some she's not a friend yeah she uh i'll have to look at it i didn't pay that much attention to it but she tagged me in something she goes you guys need to do this next where 
It's like the world's hottest potato chip or something like the gates of hell come shooting out of your mouth. Oh, is that, that <laughs> stuff, all, anything that closes my throat up and causes me to not breathe, like, bothers me. <laughs> I'm all in if you want to do it, but I'd, I'd rather eat the fish. We should probably have a gallon of milk just sit here in between us. <laughs> we'll, we'll share it like we do the wine at church. It's <laughs> strong. <laughs> and get one of those big, goofy, uh, bendy straws. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it'll be great. We'll put some chocolate syrup. We'll just guzzle it in there. <laughs> and some fish. And some fish. Uh, parents named their daughter after internet provider for free Wi-Fi, Joe. Out of uh, Bern, Switzerland, the cost of living can be expensive between monthly streaming services, groceries, cable, and internet. But one Swiss couple hoping to cut down on costs reportedly named their daughter after their internet service provider in order to get free Wi-Fi for 18 years. According to the NPR, the new parents responded to an advertisement from Twi-Fi, uh, Swiss, <laughs> a Swiss-based internet provider offering to uh, provide free internet for 18 years to anyone who named the ch their child after the internet service. Twifus for a boy and Twifia or Twifia for a girl, I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that, uh, were the names chosen by the inter internet provider. In an interview with a local media outlet, the parents revealed, the longer I thought about it, the more unique the name became for me, and that was when things, the thing got its charm. Parents, there's, there's no charm. The parents, she was justifying <laughs> it in her mind for the free internet. She sold her kid. She just pimped her kid out for free internet. Yeah. Uh, the parents, but uh, 30 and 35, said they wish to remain anonymous. Remain anonymous. I don't think they can remain anonymous because <laughs> their kid's gonna be out there. We're all gonna. Twi-Fi. Come here, Twi-Fi. <laughs> uh, anyway, they were, wish to remain anonymous and reveal that the child's first name is not, in fact, uh, Twi. Twyfia, but rather her middle name, which still counts according to the local reports for 18 years of free internet service. Everyone's bothered by their middle name, almost everyone. I go by mine. Yeah, but I mean, most other people are like, oh, they hate to give it up. And this poor girl, <laughs> I see therapy in her future. All right, that's all we got for this week in news. Stay tuned for this week in Florida. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. I'm in Florida. The sun is setting over Tampa Bay. It's like a Caribbean holiday every day in Florida. All right, everybody, welcome to This Week in Florida. We're going to start things, Joe, where a brawl between two Florida men over a political sign waving was caught on camera. Uh, shockingly, out of Port St. Lucie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, got the, to go there. The start, got to go there. The start divisions caused between uh, or by presidential, the presidential election in Florida caused a fight to break out between two men over a flag in support of Democratic nominee and former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, the, two men, the two men were caught on camera Friday morning in Port St. Lucie wrestling and tussling on the ground at a gas station over the political spat. One of the men involved, uh, whose name was only identified as Richard, told CBS 12, <laughs> 12 News he was attacked while he was waving, waving his Biden campaign sign. I had a guy attack me, he said. He jumped out of his truck with his dog and attacked dog. The dog bit me twice on my hip. Oh, the, the dog's wonder a if it wonder if it sniffed his neck first. <laughs> uh, an eyewitness of the incident told the news station, however, that it was Richard who threw the first punch. The man was a very qualified fighter, added Richard. Unfortunately, he bit off more than he could chew. 
Port St. Lucie PD uh, Assistant Chief Richard Del Toro told CBS 12's initial reaction was disappointment that a political disagreement would get to that point, really. <laughs> Seriously? They, they haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Uh, the first time in 22 years that I can remember a physical confrontation over an election. Man, have you been paying attention to anything? <laughs> I'm disappointed to see that happen in our community. That's not what Port, Port St. Lucie is about. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, wait. Wait. <laughs> He has not paid attention. We have developed this an entire first, segment. This was his first day on the job. Apparently, 22 years he's working someplace else. That guy he must be working in that wine cellar in the basement where he has no social interaction. <laughs> wow. Florida, man. Who? Uh, anyway, it doesn't really go on to say anything else. <laughs> so I didn't understand. Who is the qualified fighter? Dick? Dick, I believe. So the dog bit Dick. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me just now, but it did. But Dick still won. Dick won, man. Dick, Dick won. Dick came on on top. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, gotta love so, St. Lucie. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Nothing like that's happened here in 22 years. <laughs> we have alligators in people's pants. <laughs> No political fights, though. <laughs> Go back to your hole, man. Go back to your hole. Uh, <laughs> Florida deputies say arsonists wearing trash bags torched a dozen garbage trucks. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be incognito. Yeah. I'm just a garbage bag. <laughs> I can just see that bolo coming across the screen now. He's wearing what? <laughs> Probably normal attire for people down there. I got, well, there's a video I want to see. Out of Pompano Beach, Florida, a Florida arsonist was wearing goggles and black trash bags <laughs> when he torched a dozen commercial garbage trucks worth more than $3 million. Wow. Uh, deputies with the Broward County Sheriff's Office released the surveillance video of the arson on Friday. It said the incident took place in the middle of the night Sunday at West uh, at Waste Pro <laughs> in Pompano Beach. Um, after the male forced entry by torching the gate to gain the gate to gain access into the, the man compound. Likes fire, doesn't he? <laughs> he walked toward the rear of the property alongside the garbage trucks with what appeared to be a gas canister. Uh, Pritchard said the arsonist, who was being sought, uh, also set fire to Waste Pro's office and fled in a black sedan. Deputies were also looking for the driver of a white SUV who may have been acting as a lookout. The fire touched off a loud explosion that shook Maria Elizabeth's home and knocked out one of her windows. It was like a bong, bomb followed by a fireball, she told the news station. Fireball shot up into the sky. Uh, we are saddened that such an irresponsible act could occur, uh, Waste Pro's Russell Mackey said, according to local news. They only put screenshots in there. They didn't actually uh, provide us the video. But Does it show the guy? It's really grainy. You can kind of see that's him. That's Aww. the garbage bags you're surrounded in. Great video. You know, that, that is so funny that he would dress like a garbage bag. So if somebody would have come, he would have just crumpled himself down on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just throw himself in a dumpster. And like, Anybody find me in here? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's here. No one's here but his trash bags. All right, we're going to load up a news article here, Joe, where a uh, woman posed as a lottery worker to steal some lottery tickets. Let's take a look at this. That detectives had never seen before. It was a well-plotted plan. She was confident. She knew what to say, and she knew exactly how to use those lottery machines. It's surveillance video showing just how one woman managed to con a store clerk, flashing what appears to be a badge, saying she worked for the Florida Lottery Commission 
and needed to check the store's inventory. Definitely, I'm upset. Saika May Ren is the owner of this Exxon station in St. Pete. This is where police say 20-year-old Lakoa Moore stole $3,200 worth of lottery tickets, using the lottery machine to activate them before she moved on to her next target. According to police, she targeted at least four stores in St. Pete and Pinellas County over two days Pinellas last County. week. Yeah. She stole $1,600 worth of tickets from this gas station. She also tried to con this gas station on 4th Street North, but according to police, once the her. clerk started questioning her, she got out of the store and drove off. There's scams all over the place, but uh, something that runs just this way is not something they've seen before. St. Pete Police spokesperson Michael Petz says Moore's confidence is how she was able to pull off the crimes. She talked like she knew the business, used terminology that they were familiar with. She even called the stores in advance to let them know she would be coming. Eventually, the lottery caught on, posted surveillance pictures of her on their machines, and went to stores to tell them there was a woman posing as an official, including May Renz, whose store clerk then realized they had already been scammed. We work hard to earn this money. And so how exactly <laughs> were they hurtful. able to catch this woman? Well, according to detectives, they used Facebook. They got a couple of tips about who she might be. They compared the pictures on Facebook to those surveillance pictures and made a positive ID there. Now, by the way, the total number of winnings from those stolen lottery tickets was about $3,000. Wow. I'm reporting live in St. Pete, Clifton French, ABC Action News. Honestly, for all the tickets she got, yeah, sounds like she really didn't do that shows well. You how, shows you how good yards are in the scratchers. <laughs> yeah, her luck so is. So she not put a lot good. of thought thought into the yeah. to this process. So well, I admire that, but she could have <laughs> put all that thought in getting a job. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, you um, said that. I'm ridiculous. Wonder if she had a Biden bumper sticker in the back of her. Oh, Lee, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Uh, Florida Keys man was caught with 16 stolen lobsters, shockingly, Joe, stuffed down his pants. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I'm going to have to write this one down because later on I can say, what the hell did I write that down there for? 27-year-old Florida Keys deckhand tried to steal 16 lobster tails by stuffing them down his pants, according to police. Uh, Gary Lee Pinson of Marathon, Florida, was arrested on a misdemeanor charges of theft, possession of rung lobster tails while on the water, whatever that is. is and that, I think... I think that means they were cut off. And uh, possession of one undersized lobster tail. Uh, a lobster's tail cannot be wrung or separated from its body while the harvester is on the water. Lobsters must be brought back to land in whole condition. And when the tail is separated from the body on land, it must be longer than five and a half inches. Uh, I wonder who in the hell enforces that. What, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, at about 4.30 p.m. Tuesday, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission officers were conducting inspections on the docks at Nichols Seafood Fish House on Conch Key. The life force vessel then pulled in. Pinson quickly, Pinson quickly got off the life, uh, life force and tried to leave the area. But the conservation officer stopped him and told him that he had to stay with the boat until the inspection was complete. Pinson complied and started helping the other deckhands unload lobster traps. The officers then noticed Pinson was holding up his rain slicker pants and walking awkwardly <laughs> while, <laughs> while his leg bottoms of the slickers were bulging. Uh, Conservation officers asked Pinson what was in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I he wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> he said he had lobster tails Nothing. on him. <laughs> uh, when a conservation officer untucked the slicker pants from the deckhand's boots, 16 rung lobster tails fell out onto the boat deck. Pinson told conservation, conservation officers that he was going to take the lobsters home to eat. 
The boat captain told uh, conservation officers he wanted to press charges for theft. Pinson was handcuffed and taken to the county jail on Stock Island. He was released the next day without having to post a bond. Now, I a wonder if they found all of them or if he was hiding them anyplace else. He looks like a pretty scrawny fellow there, so. Man, that's. <laughs> Yikes. I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't say, those aren't mine. Those aren't, <laughs> those aren't, those aren't my pants. Those aren't my lobsters. <laughs> How in the hell? Uh, we got a little, uh, we've seen stuff like this before. Uh, people make homemade makeshift vehicles and do goofy things with vehicles. Uh, this is a interesting contraption a Florida man has made uh, out of a leaf blower, Joe. Oh, that's cool. What is he riding on? A mop bucket? Yeah. Steer it too. <laughs> How does he steer it? He leans, it's like a motorcycle. Now you think if you could attach that somehow and have a, a better vehicle to sit in and you could steer it, that's cool. Take my he license. Has a, he has a completely battery-operated vehicle there. <laughs> all right, that's all we got for this week in Florida. Stay tuned for this week. A little garbage. Everybody, welcome to this week in political garbage. We're going to start off the headline, Joe, where a cop-hating protester accused of defrauding COVID-19 relief loan program. A cop-hating protester accused of trying to cut the brake line of an NYPD van faces a new fraud case for lying about owning a car wash business to get COVID-19 relief funds. Uh, Jeremy Trapp, age 24, allegedly applied for an interest-free loan and grant from the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program back in June, claiming he owned a car wash business that employed 10 people and had a pre-pandemic revenue of 150 grand. Uh, the Small Business Administration approved a $42,500 loan and a $10,000 grant, depositing the cash into Trapp's bank account. As alleged, Trapp filed an application containing outright lies in order to steal government funds intended to help small businesses and their employees survive the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the Department of Justice will ensure that the taxpayer and pandemic relief funds are not misappropriated. After Trapp was arrested for allegedly sabotaging an NYPD ban back in, back in July, Investigators uh, discovered the alleged financial fraud. The address he had listed for the uh, Phantom business was his Brooklyn apartment in a residential building. He doesn't own or operate a car wash or have any employees at all, according to the prosecutor's office. He's been locked up since he was charged with crawling under an unmanned police van parked in Sunset Park and snipping a line for the uh, wheel speed sensor, all while a paid informant and undercover cops videotaped the sabotage. (laughs) 
He had intended to sever the brake line, but the damage to the wheel speed sensor could have had devastating consequences by interfering with the driver's ability to maintain, maintain control of the compromised vehicle. Trapp also faces charges in a state court for the incident. During meetings with a paid informant, Trapp allegedly advocated violence, arguing that the demonstrators were too peaceful to be effective. He suggested blowing up the uh, bridge so that white supremacists from, Staten, uh, supremacists from Staten Island couldn't use it. The pair even visited the site to conduct rena a renaissance, snapping pictures of the bridge. Trapp's lawyer, uh, Ashley Burrell, did not immediately return a request for comment, probably because she knows her client's a grade-A dirtbag. Yeah, that's bad. So this guy's he's a double whammy. He's, he's a big uh, defund the cops, and uh, he likes to apparently riot and even possibly kill somebody by, by cutting brake lines and stuff oh, like not, that. Not even just the policeman. Who does he run into? What, what and innocent people yeah. would the car... And then now he's... And then he defrauds. And then he defrauds the government. But, but you know, how in the hell... <laughs> They don't check federal ID numbers. I mean, he has to give a federal ID number. They don't cross-reference that. They're just handing out money. And yet I know people that own businesses that couldn't get a penny. Right. And yet he has his bullshit car wash from his apartment with 10 people, and they just transfer the money to his account. I don't understand that. You know, that <sighs> you see stuff like this all the time. where this, And it always seems to be government-related, right? They... They claim that, you know, they like take the gun thing, for instance. We want more gun control. We want this. We want this. But it's dumb shit like this where they're not even doing their due diligence on something as simple. You would think that they would want to do a nice, pretty sophisticated background check before. How much was that? Over 50 grand between the two loans or something like that? And, yeah, 42, 5, and 10. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. And he wasn't going to pay that. 10 was grand. 42 was Alone. Alone, which was, was not the, th the thing with those things. If you could prove that they all went towards the business, but I mean, obviously, I, I have a friend that did get money for all that stuff, and she has to write everything down, everything has to be done. But he went to done it and he just moved, right? And then it never found him, and then it never bothered. Kind of like when they bailed out all those places, it, I don't think anyone ever paid them back, did they? The government, yeah, probably not. And I guess you can go to Canada with all the celebrities. Yeah, well. All right, uh, Poland tightens abortion laws, effectively uh, banning terminations. Uh, Poland has banned almost all abortions after introducing a new law that prevents terminations in cases of uh, total fetal defects. Uh, the country already had some of its strictest abortion laws in Europe, and this new rule, which brands terminations and fetuses with defects as un unconstitutional, means almost a complete ban. Whether the new rule comes into play, abortions will only be allowed, cases of in, only be allowed in cases of rape, incest, or if the mother's health is at risk. Uh, so th this is, they've already had some pretty strict laws here. This goes on for a little bit, but um, th this is a hot topic here in the United States, right, especially with like Planned Parenthood and, and stuff like that. Uh, is it right? Is it wrong? Um, the way. <laughs> this is a scary subject. <laughs> this is a scary subject. <laughs> the way that we were raised, as we stated earlier in the show, in the Catholic Church and by Catholic standards, abortion is totally and completely wrong. Right. Um, I, you know, and I don't, my personal opinion, I don't necessarily disagree with the way Poland is handling it. If it's a rape, if it's an incest to where the baby, there's a good chance that baby's probably going to have zero quality of life because we know that when you mix the same DNA like that, that they're going to mm -hmm. come have some serious problems. Or maybe even if the mother's uh, life is at risk, there, there's going to be some exigent circumstances and you're never going to have somebody, everybody's never going to agree, agree universal what's right and what's wrong. Um, 
there's not been any backlash that I'm according to this article in, in Poland as of yet because like, they've already had some pretty stringent uh, abort that you can't mm-hmm. just go like you can here in the United States and <coughs> go do whatever right. you want to your body. But um, well, this is I, I didn't I guess I thought where we were it wasn't as big such a hot topic. But yeah, I, yeah, just recently I've talked to people, friends of mine that are very pro-choice. They don't believe believe in abortion, but they they do believe a woman should have choice mm-hmm. in her body but i say who what the the baby doesn't seem to have a choice right and if you are raped if you are let's say you did have consensual sex and you knew the next day oh i wasn't you know things happen like that there are things you know you're pregnant you can find out the next day can't you yeah i don't know how quickly you can you can find out but but I, uh I, you know and this could go off into a whole tangent, oh, which yeah, I'm not, actually I'm not going get, to get, get into that. But, you know, oh, the, the, whole, the, the whole my body, my choice thing, and then that'll segue into the, the people that are hell-bent on not wearing the mask as opposed to the people that are. And it, it goes into a lot of different I, things. But we're talking yeah. about a human life here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I personally don't agree with it, except for if it's like the circumstances we're talking about in Poland. If you were right. raped, do you really want to remember that for the rest of your life? Well, right. then they'll say, there's people out there that want to. And um, there's, there's th- adopt the baby, but okay, but that's still nine months of this lady's life where she's gonna have to go through the trauma. And then you, know, you, you could it, so. also say, but it's not the baby's fault, right? That, um, that it, that's it's it's conceived. a cu- it's a tough call. It, that it's, is it's tough. a tough call. So, uh, well, we're, we're not gonna go off too much on that. That's a pretty long tangent on its own. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, this week in good news. Oh, he did have good news. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to This Week in Good News. Uh, we've got a few stories here, Joe. We're, uh, I'm not sure if this is good news or kind of not good news. Uh, newlywed officers recognized for immediately going back to work after a wedding after their wedding in order to respond to riots. Out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, members of law enforcement often go above and beyond to protect their communities. And these two officers in Michigan are no different. Cole Hoyer and Kelly Momber met on the job at Grand Rapids Police Department and fell in love. They planned their dream wedding for May 30th, 2020. But the coronavirus pandemic meant that their big gathering had to be pared down to just family and uh, close friends. On the night of their wedding, riots began in downtown Grand Rapids, and the police department said their wedding party, many of them police officers, had to be called in, sh- in for duty shortly after the wedding ceremony concluded. Cole and Kelly were both heartbreaking, and their, but their loyalty to their communities to serve and their desire to be with their law enforcement brothers and sisters brought them into work the very next day, less than 18 hours after they were married. Um, so that's... Yeah... I didn't know where to put this story. Yeah, uh, I think it's awesome that they kind of put everything on the back burner to go help their their fellow. Uh, I think so too. Their, their fellow workers and and blue, uh, but it kind of sucks for them at the same time that they're not. I getting put Kathy and my honeymoon on hold for uh, ten years. <laughs> Seriously, we're I'm, and I'm I'm not sure I'm going to make that ten year thing either. <laughs> I I went to work. I was at work the morning of our wedding. I I worked and then I ran home and I showered. Got my tux on, ran over to Wabash, got married at Charlie Creek. We got married. Uh, we had the reception and everything. I slept for a couple hours. I got up, I ran back here, went to work, <laughs> <laughs> got done, ran back over there and had breakfast with everybody. Um, but where are my kudos, Lee? Where are my kudos? Good job, Joe. <laughs> Uh, teen Kroger worker reaches into his own pocket to help pay for the elderly, an elderly shopper's groceries. 
Uh, out of Covington, Kentucky, a Kentucky teenager said he just wanted to help when he gave money to a senior citizen at the supermarket where he works. Uh, Tay Al Jordan said that when he heard the cashier at his Kroger store tell a man he didn't have enough money to cover his grocery bill, he decided to help out. I just, uh, I just seen that I wanted to help this guy out. I just saw that he didn't have enough money for all the groceries that he wanted. The cashier told him he would have to put some of the things back, so I just thought in my head I would give him uh, $35 that I had on me so he could get all the food that he wants. Jordan, an 18-year-old high school senior uh, from Covington, has only been working at the store as a bagger for just a few weeks. He said he's trying to save money to buy a car, but that took a backseat to helping a stranger in need. Just treat, the people, people, uh, people the way, treat people the way you want it to be treated and always help out if someone needs it, he says. I'm proud of Tao. I'm overwhelmed with joy. You try and in your kids right and wrong, but you don't know if they comprehend or not. It. And I'm very proud of him, according to his mother, Stephanie. That's great. That is really great. So we had one similar to this. Uh, where was it? Chick-fil-A or uh, somewhere last week we had something kind of similar where a teenager kind of. It, it's, it's hard for me, like doing what I do. I see a lot of negativity every day mm-hmm. out of both the adults and right. juveniles, right? So it's sometimes it's kind of easy to lose sight of. There actually are younger people <laughs> that are capable of doing good things. My, my kids are younger. And they're, well, gosh, they're getting old now. 27, 25, and 20. But they're good kids. They do stuff like that. Uh, kind passenger pays tearful uh, mom's luggage fee after bag is deemed too big. Uh, Ryanair passenger paid a distressed mom's luggage fee after the airline allegedly wanted to charge her uh, 50 bucks. The mom of three became visibly distressed after staff allegedly said that her bag was too big to be taken on board. Another passenger filmed the moment before they all boarded the flight from somewhere to, I, don't, I can't even pronounce the countries they're going to. Uh, the camera pans to the distressed mom whose children are all playing together, and she can be seen anxiously running her hands through her hair. The kind stranger reassures her to the overwhelmed mom, saying, it's all right, it's all right. She puts her face in her hands as he calms her down before going to the counter and paying this fee for her. The video was filmed by another passenger who posted it on Twitter. It was captioned, well done to this young hero for paying the ridiculous Ryanair baggage charges for a distressed mother traveling with three kids who wasn't getting any leniency from the ground staff. The flight from somewhere to somewhere was half empty. I'm not sure what a difference a few uh, bucks would make. The video has been viewed uh, viewed, uh, over a thousand times with social media users praising the man's selfless act. Good for him. There's a lot of stuff like this out there. We, (laughs) (laughs) I see it a lot. Well, that's all we got for this week in uh, good news. Uh, we did have some stories. i just forgotten about them because I, I see so much bad. Sometimes I just forget. So. Uh, you got anything you want to touch on before we head out of here for today or for the week? Vote for Joe DeRozier. <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> you get that? You're going to probably have to write that in. D-E-R-O-Z-I-E-R. Remember, if you're not planning on voting or you're going to vote for an independent out of spite, just vote for me. Just, what the hell? It, it, if you want to show how ticked off you are at the whole system, what better way to show that than to vote for me? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Joe Rosier? <laughs> how, how did he win in Miami County? <laughs> That's what I want. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, again, we're working hard to try and get things back to normal with uh, the Wednesday releases. Let's see if that happens this week or not. Done tonight. There'll be a speaker that didn't work or something. Something will be wrong. Uh, Anyway, you'll hear it and see it when you hear it and see it, I guess. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.